Welcome, welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Not Your Average Accountant Podcast. Hey. Okay, y'all, I know I said I was going to be back the next week, but eh, I was in the fields. So I'm going to get right back into it. Um, So the BBW Black Business of the Week is shout out to Enemy Studios, y'all. I went and took me a pole class, and y'all, I was so sore. Like, I'm just now becoming unsore. Like, I had a massage on Valentine's Day, and even the masseuse, the lady, was like, yeah, you need to stretch. But she's like, I can definitely tell you were using your body and, you know, to lift yourself up. So, y'all. I was wondering, you know, if Intermeet Studios was even, you know, black owned because I have was at their first location, which was off of West Highland, Richmond area, um, closer to like, you know, Air Ward. And um, that's when I tried pole dancing class there as well. And then I had took their dancing, their stiletto class. And then, so I did my research, and it is black on, because I was like, why else would they move to, you know, on Emancipation and Third Ward? And so I was like, okay, so it is, and it is owned by Nicole Phillips, and she has been owning, um, and the building that she, um, that is in now is actually a building that was used back in, um, the civil rights movement and so it said it was an underground headquarters for the local civil rights movement so that was like that's so much history that we just releasing up in that space and all oh, that's probably why we was feeling it like um so i was trying to do um so i was trying to do like a galentine's day thing with the uh, goddesses and so it was me and michelle who uh, came out and it was two other girls uh, that was just in the class and we were just doing our own thing on our own different skill levels, but we were all enjoying it in our own, I don't know, like pole stripper mode, you know? And uh, Michelle was like, she, uh, when I guess when I was doing my little moves, she was like, yeah, you were just seeing like Yamaja was just roaming through you and just, I don't know, like the blue. I felt it too. I felt more relaxed and more. I guess in tune with my body with this pole class. Usually when I take the dancing class, I feel like I'd be stiff. But this time I just felt like really into it. You can even see it like on a video recording my face just really like that face you get when you're in the bedroom. So you know, you know. Um who our instructor, you know my instructor was I believe her name was Brie Brianna. And um in the spell enter me I N N E R. M-E Studios, T-U-D-I-O-S. Let's see, can I go to my previous? Brianna. Brianna L. was the instructor, and she was amazing. Like, she was a great teacher as well, because I felt, again, this time I feel like I maybe I was listening this time and actually paying attention. And, like, how she taught us the steps was very, like, um moving us towards learning the next step that she basically she was thinking ahead but also showing us the basic moves so basically we had learned damn i forgot the move already dang because it was like the full out and then it was something halfway 
basically we let we was picking ourselves up basically on a pole and y'all that's basically like you using your own body strength so oh i don't know i'm thinking what I'm, I'm like 150 ish so that's 150 and i'm pulling up and i'm like god damn you know and all that thickness back there oh i was my arms shit i'm still stretching my arms out they still like girl but that did make me say okay maybe i guess i'll do a little push-ups every now and then um but it felt so good and i was so tired i was sweating after that class y'all i literally i was sweating throughout the class uh, i had to keep wiping myself up so i won't slip on the pole but i had an amazing time um definitely will be going back um maybe i'll get their monthly pass um they do have like a monthly class where you can just um pay monthly and just go to any class throughout the month instead of paying um you know like a single pass but you can go in for like a drop-in class that's what they call it um when you go like pay you know one time and um yeah it was really good so i had a great time definitely gonna be going back um so look them up y'all they are amazing they have other stuff they have like zumba they have bike um bikes a uh, biking yoga um sexy dance chair um class instead of stiletto like i was telling y'all that's basically like learn um like a dance routine and stilettos and you don't have to wear stilettos or you know heels if you want to um but yeah shout them out hey and then while we own bbw um i'm gonna go ahead and go oh did i just exit out of that oh no i didn't um since it is black history month even though we celebrate every motherfucking day um i just wanted to shout out the deacons of defense and i known about them because my mom had told me that my grandfather um her father willie brown jr was um involved in the deacons of defense and the story she told me was like you know when the kk because my family from louisiana as y'all not Gene, you know who that um but yeah and so um basically when the kkk back in the day you see you know try to run through the town and terrorize the blacks oh i need some tissue got a little a little drip drip terrorize the blacks um basically um some black people black men took it upon themselves to um to take matters into their own hands, you know, protect their own community as I believe, I feel like we may be moving in today um, like that. Um, so yeah, so they'd be uh, sitting in trees, uh, hiding out with some guns in their hands, some rifles, the digging of the fence, what I'm talking about. And they would just, you know, just in case the KKK or some white person try to mess with some black person, then they, you know, I'm just gonna say they said matters to their own hand. And I feel like that we are moving and I believe we will need to move into that kind of mindset again. And I know they are there are some groups out there that are um basically kind of doing the same things that the Deacon of Defense did um back in the day. And and it was crazy, they were started in Louisiana, it was throughout um Louisiana and Bogalusa. Is where um, is the Bogalusa Deacon Defense that I know of. 
because of my family. That's where um, they're from. And um, that's where also the Deacon Defense, that's where, what's his name? Um, shucks, I cannot even think of it right now. Oh, Robert Bob Hicks. That's where he comes into play because he was also a part of the Deacons of Defense. And he basically, what I was trying to see, what was the difference between um, the other Deacons of Defense? Because let me see. I found this article. So I was trying to look. It was crazy. I was trying to look for the factual statement about my mom, trying to find, because she's a Black History Month fact or Black History fact as well. Um, she was one of the first babies, Black babies, to be born in the uh, white hospital or among the white babies um, back in the day. And my mom was born in 66, 1966. So imagine that, y'all, the first Black baby to be born with babies. My mom just, just was thinking about it because I had told her. She was like, I wonder was some nurses like pinching me or something because, you know, racism. <laughs> you know, pinching her as a baby back then when she was a baby, you know. Um, but the other deacon defense were because it started in Jonesboro, Louisiana, and then or yeah, Jonesboro, then they had one in Homer, and then they had one in Faraday, and um, yeah, and then the one in Bogalusa. So so I was trying to figure out, you know, what's the difference and why and you know, in Bogalusa, everyone praised Bob Hicks so much and um yeah, because I even went to like his a party celebrating him one time for one of their Black History programs. Basically, what I um, just doing a little research, I saw that Bob Hicks kind of took the the yeah, we gonna come at you with guns because you coming with your guns, we gonna come with our guns. Pow, pow, pow. Bob Hicks actually took it in a political route where he actually was able to get some rights, get something, you know, in writing you know, to help the Black community, the Black people move, you know, get what's theirs and get some respect and get some dignity. And um, yeah, he turned to the court system for help in the workplace, opening job opportunities and promotions that were unattainable of African-Americans, even like the register to vote. Um, like even reading about that is like, damn, they... Um, told them like, yeah, you can vote, but you got to vote for the right, uh, you know, politician. And that's funny because that's basically what they do now still and nothing changed. But yeah, check them out. Things are the fence. I feel like we definitely need to go into that route of um, if they not to protect us, then we got to protect ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Like get your gun license, like even though in certain states, Texas that you don't they say you don't you know you don't need your gun license anymore like that black people get your fucking gun license because even you know that you're black they're still going to ask you for your license gun license even though it's not you know required and yeah I still say people should still get their gun license like go ahead and take the course shout out to Sanders um Thing. I don't know his name, Sanders Tactical Gun Gun Range, um, but Darius Sanders, go hit him up because he will definitely get your gun license and he's a great teacher. He taught me. Um, but yeah, like 
hold on, let me get y'all the right thing so y'all can get y'all gun license. But yeah, I'm just saying that we got to take back what's ours. We got to protect our own. Sanders tactical performance. So yes, go look him up. Because y'all, we, y'all see what's been in the news, all them trail derailments, all those shit in the sky from China, like... My friend was just like, he ready to get this shit uh, ready for, um, what you say, doomsday? <laughs> like, we got to get our doomsday prepped together because this shit is happening, you know? We literally are go living through the times of the end of the world or end of this um, era. So, and I think it's 2025 or 2026 is when, I guess, would be our new age or whatnot. Um, cause like, cause we said global warming and it's actually, what my, uh, is global coding, <laughs> like it's getting colder. So, uh, yeah. So let's get into Netflix and chilling y'all. So one, speaking of Netflix, them motherfucking prices y'all. So I was thinking about, okay, maybe I'll start paying for Netflix, you know, since I play for Hulu. Uh, and then like Hulu, you know, I'm only paying $4, $4.99 because I got the Hulu, ESPN, and Disney all for $4.99. But it do come with ads, but shit, that don't really, I don't really care that much, even though it do get on my nerves sometimes. But still, Netflix prices, y'all, what the fuck? What the fuck? $14.99 and then the $6.99. Now Netflix want to come with commercials. I'm like, I thought that was the whole point of us going back and forth with Netflix. Like, y'all didn't have commercials and everybody else kind of did. Like, nah, they see the inflation is real. Um, and they need some money. And they about to charge us. And they trying to do the password. We can't share passwords and shit. Like, what the fuck? So, um, and then... Uh, this wasn't on Netflix, but it was on Hulu. So <laughs> I was hanging out with a friend and they like crime documentary shit like that, you know, and people like that. I'll be having a second look at them little, you know, one, two, because like, you be like, all right, you you trying to kill me or like what? What you what's your motive for watching all these crime shows? But they do be good. So this one that I got into was called Stolen Youth. And this motherfucker was crazy and stupid basically this guy this girl this girl dad uh just because this girl always talk about praise up her dad he was in the military he know all these important people he did this and that and but her jail was but her dad was in jail (laughs) mixing up up my word but her dad was in jail and um, and then he finally get out and then he comes and stays in her in his daughter's dorm room. And his daughter's living with other people because they decided to go and get their own space, I think, outside of college uh campus, you know, off campus. And yeah, so basically they got this man staying with them, and these kids are like enamored 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 they basically like in love with they with this girl dad because of the stories he tell and the peep the pictures he show of all the famous people he's been around and so like some kids like oh my god and then some kids like why does oak creeping me and like staying with us you know 
this old man, we 18, he's 17, and he in here with us. And basically, that turned into a fucking cult, basically. <laughs> From the daddy moving in, it turned into a, basically a cult for them kids where they basically had their college years, their developing years, all erased or like not even a chance to even have a, a young adult life because of their mental capacity that they had. He was preying on those young people and preying on their insecurities, preying on anything negative that they thought about themselves or others, like their family. And so, um, <laughs> and it's like, I'm just like, and throughout the whole show, I'm just thinking like, it couldn't have, not, it couldn't have been me. It could not have been me. And I'm like so thankful that my mom or my parents just, I don't know, I'm just thankful that they just raised me right and that they gave, allowed me to have a mindset of my own that was able to decipher uh, stranger danger or good and bad, like spirit be with me. Like these kids really had like, mentally stuff going on and that's how that man was so easily able to get them to like listen to him and to like um believe anything he says even when he's manipulating their own memories y'all so like basically the the documentary shows you basically in line how the how the dad got this person and how it trickled down and then how they all left and how it trickled down so Basically, it started with the, his daughter and then her daughter boyfriend. I forgot his name. His daughter boyfriend. He really was the main person that got everybody involved. And he got all his friends involved and his own fucking sisters, y'all. How you get both your sisters and then one of your sisters just go crazy, like... So basically, he saw, he had, and then he started with this other girl, which was probably, I think she was like the weakest out of them all because the way that he did, he was like, oh, she needs real help. I have to talk to her and stay in her room for like 12 hours throughout the day because she's really um, needs some healing. She needs some help, even like, them kids not going home to their own parents, staying um, in a dorm room with the man because he was like, no, I need to work on her. Don't you want your daughter to get better? And the mom was like, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck? I, my mama, what? My mama be like, all right. She'll say like the cold word that she be telling me to figure out, you know, if I'm in danger. Like my mom be sending sending us cold words, like in text messages. I guess when like she don't think the text message is us, or if like the call or something, or like we call on accident. She like sending cold message that only we would know. Like I wish, I wish I would be like, no, I'm not coming or whatever, because so and so dad told us, you know, yeah. So he had even like the parents and they, or some parents, I'll say. Because um, also, because like, what can you do? Your kids is in college, and you know they're adults. Once they, once once we turn eighteen, and what can you do? Because um, even the um, 
one parent's like, yeah, we couldn't, when we go to the uh, police and say like, oh, this man doing this, they could like, but do you got evidence or your kids saying, you know, that kid's not saying anything and they are adults. So yeah, so the dude, um, the girl boyfriend, I'm just gonna call him Jose. He uh, was like, okay, I guess he helping um, Natalie, so it's working. So I guess he go work on me. So he finally, I guess, opened up to the dad about his trauma and all that stuff. And the dad was like, the dad, I guess, just pick pinpoint and pick throughout stuff. He made this boy believe that his parents was raping him, believe that his parents was... Um... um like a big selling drug dealer like he made he made the boyfriend and his sisters believe their parents was against them like crazy and the reason how he got his sisters involved was because yeah he had his little sister come visit and his little sister again fell in love with the dad i don't know whatever stories he was fucking saying and she started staying there and so it's crazy they were staying in this they had their own dorm room and then they moved with the dad to this small apartment and they was basically living in a one bedroom apartment with like seven people like what like it was so i know it's crazy me talking about it like i'm going all back and forth but yeah check it out y'all in the end the dad did uh get jail time um um because of the siblings uh, talked against him. Um, damn, hold on, y'all. Oh yeah, I know that. Oh, that's just workout, but I already knew that was the problem, so. You already knew that was the problem. Um. Anyways, so yeah, y'all should check it out because it is good. Like, I literally have left my friend house and have still came back to put it on to finish the. And it's like three, um, three episodes and it's three like an hour long, I think. Um, and then I want to talk about Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, I didn't have a Valentine's, but I guess it was me. Because I went and got me a massage and got me some tacos because it was Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. But it was amazing. I took me a bath because I told you I was sore. So that massage was perfect, even though I was like, dang, I was too, too, too sore for that massage. That was, whew, I was holding crystals. Yes. And I went again to Houston Aztec Massage and holding them crystals because the baby, I needed that. Uh, and then I want to give you an update on my boobs. So I did uh, went and got, it's called a breast aspiration. And that's where you go and get the fluid uh, taken out of the benign cyst. Um, yeah. And so it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I was, you know, freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh. But uh, again, I had the same nurse. She was so accommodating, so loving. So I needed that love. And then the doctor that came in, it was a man. And um, but he was cool because he came in with like some common music on his like speaker. It was like speaking in Spanish, singing in Spanish, uh, talking about love. And I was like, okay, and so I'm calm. And he was like, you know, you can watch it. I was like, nah, because I don't fuck with needles, tattoo needles, yeah. 
Medical needles, no, especially with the long ass needle. I'll say the part that hurt the most was the numbing part, and they did use a needle to numb my titty. Um, so yeah, that was probably the yeah, probably the most strenuous part. It was just like sting and then like hot, you know, like heat. I don't know. Yeah, and then next thing, not even notice that you know he had stuck the other needle, to, you know, to suck out the stuff. He sucked it out and he had showed me, you know, the fluid, and it was like a brownish color and stuff. So I was just like, wow. It was probably like about that much in there. So I was like, okay, it was and I feel like that was the size of it too. So get checked, y'all. Make sure y'all do y'all check your boobs, you know, and do your well woman exam and your pap smear and all that mammograms. Um yeah. And also, because this is going to you good. Um, I've been on the sacred woman journey with my healing queen healing circle ladies. Um, we are on week two and I can just say it's been a journey. Um, definitely have me asking a lot of questions to myself. Um, and all, cause you know, it's like you do a 21 day, um, cleanse and then, uh, and it's from, uh, queen of four. Is also where we um, are using is Queen of Fuwa, um, Sacred Woman. Um, that's her book. So we follow the book. And, you know, waking up at four has been a little tricky. But I also, like, I don't get down on myself. Like, try to be perfect, you know, with everything. I just said, as long as I do it with attention. And as long as I do something, I feel okay. And as long as I'm still, you know, eating healthy or trying to be. Because I had some mess up. Because I was like, I felt I had a sweet tooth in. I stole the chocolate off my altar. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm doing good. And just want to shout out my other queens who are going through the sacred woman journey. We about to be through this shit. Hey. Um, what else? What else? The Rihanna Bowl. Oh my gosh, y'all. We not getting another fucking album. We're not getting the album to I don't know how long. So blessings upon blessings, but it was amazing. Ron, Rihanna, Rihanna, she did amazing. Robin did amazing. You know, it's crazy on a sacred woman uh, journey. Uh, we have to um, come up with our divine contemporaries. And Rihanna, Rafa, Robin, Rihanna Fenty is my uh, divine contemporary. So it's like, I don't know who else I look up to or like, Strive to be that's not family or whatnot, but yeah. So Rihanna was one, so that's so funny. But yeah, she did amazing. Like, um, I think people, unless you haven't been to a Rihanna concert or know that Rihanna is Rihanna, then for everybody saying you know the performing and all that stuff, it's Rihanna. And then when we saw the belly, it was like, okay, it made sense. Like. She's not going to be doing all her grounding and stuff that she was doing. But she did the damn thing. The visuals was amazing. And then reading or listening to some TikTok girl about why that they did the levitating stage was because this year, um, they um, the players were saying the grass felt good at one stadium because we had real grass instead of turf. And so now they are putting real grass all the NFL stadiums and so like I guess you know with real grass you can't really uh step up on it a lot and so they were trying to preserve the field for the players 
And so that's why they have 11, uh, the levitating stage. And I was just like, wow. So they accommodating the players, Rihanna, of course, and still. Um, so I'm just thinking about all the mechanics and all the work that they had to do to even put up the mechanism to hang all that stuff. Because it was like, it had to at least carry about 100 or 10,000 pounds. The floating stage. Sorry, y'all had to take a sip. <laughs> but yeah, um, Rihanna did good. I was singing my heart out. I was just so excited. I was like, if I don't get a Rihanna concert, the Super Bowl is my Rihanna concert for the six years that we haven't got anything. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. See y'all. I'm about to head out to Mardi Gras. Y'all ready? Show me them beats. Yes, I'm so excited. I feel like I've been needing to go to Louisiana to just go back to my roots, my family, my ancestors. So I'm excited because I haven't been to Mardi Gras in a minute. And it's definitely going to be different this time around. So I'm a little older and it might not do what I used to do. But I'm still going to go for the nostalgia, for the... The atmosphere of the Louisiana people, a carnival. I did say I was going to try to say for Fat Tuesday, but I don't think I am. But I'm still just excited to go down like y'all. Like, I feel like a kid right now. Like, I'm so excited. But, okay, y'all, I'm about to go, you know, roll up and get prepared. And I'll see y'all when I'm back for the stories from Mardi Gras Story. Yeah. All right. Bye.